Hey everyone, this is Harmon. Welcome to Comedy History 101. Today we're jumping into part two on our history of John Belushi. Yes, we're going to dive into the Saturday Night Live ears of John Belushi. Yes, a lot of comedy, a lot of drugs, a lot of stardom with being cast in the role of Bluto Butowski in Animal House. But before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, quick plug, on Thursday, December 17th, 7 p.m., I'll be doing my show, Jokey Okey, stand-up comedy karaoke in a three-round game show. You can check it out on twitch.tv slash Comedy History 101, twitch.tv slash Comedy History 101. Also, if you love Comedy History 101, take time to sponsor our show. Yes, we're completely ad-free. We're an independent podcast. You can help sponsor us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ch101. And without further ado. You're stupid. Everybody so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody so stupid. Comedy History 101. Next, Heyner exclaimed. Heyner exclaimed. Let's boil. Let's boil. The Wolverines. The Wolverines. <laughs> Next. (gasps) (laughs) Live from New York, it's Saturday night. All right. So, Mm -hmm. yes, uh uh-huh. Yes, what you heard there was the very first sketch... On the very first episode of the very first season of Saturday Night Live featuring John Belushi. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I am Harmon Leon and with me is it... But no, it's Scott Kalanico. But wait, Harmon. Yes, it's Scott. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. So we're jumping into part two of our trilogy. It's a the holy trinity of the history of John Belushi. As you might remember from last time, Scott, we talked about John Belushi's early days, starting at Second City, coming up the ranks at National Lampoon, like starring in National Lampoon's off-Broadway show Lemmings and then traversing into not only being a performer, but also the producer of the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Yeah, yes. I do not. I do, <laughs> that, that excites you. I did not. I do not argue with you on those points, sir. But what really cemented John Belushi is when he became a cast member of a little show by the name of Saturday Night Live. Yep, Saturday Night Live. Uh... A weekend late night comedy show. And as we all know, the show started in 1975. Little trivia, Scott. 
The first host was George Carlin, who opened the show with his legendary football baseball bits. Ah, okay, yes. Yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, him being the uh, host. And also, yeah, so the Chevy Chase was the first person to get to say it. You got to say live from New York. It's Saturday night. You can't, people, the listeners at home can't really watch the sketch, but the uh, Belushi sketch that we played up there at the front of the show, uh, yeah, Chevy Chase comes in, he's like a stagehand, and so he gets to... Uh, Say the the famous or infamous words. Yeah, and we'll get into the Chevy Chase animosity, which is to follow from the first season of Saturday Night Live. But here's a quick rundown of Belushi that kind of started as him being an unknown at the start of Saturday Night Live and lasting four seasons. So by the late 70s, he was, would you say he was probably a bigger comedy star than Steve Martin and Robin Williams and... This is just insane. Not only did he star on the number one TV show, Saturday Night Live, but he also had the number one movie, Animal House, and the number one album, Briefcase Full of Blues with the Blues Brothers. Yeah, that was on that was on his 30th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, so again, there's also a new Showtime documentary simply called Belushi. So when when fellow uh, performer Harold Ramis, who was, uh, you know, obviously in the National Lampoon Radio Hour and co-wrote the screenplay for Animal House, saw Belushi on stage at that moment where he's playing a sold-out show with the Blues Brothers, Animal House number one, Saturday Night Live number one. He thought, uh-oh, <laughs> this isn't going to end well oh, man. Yeah. for Belushi. Yep. No. Which is so sad because he was at the height of... Having everything you'd want in the world, in the world of comedy. But friends who know him, because Belushi had a dark side, they thought this isn't going to end well. And, well, it kind of didn't end well. No, we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, but in happier times, happier times. Scott, what what, what famous characters do you remember of Belushi doing on Saturday Night Live? Like, what are some of the the, the iconic... You want me to do them? Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger guy. And then... And then uh, the I can't do Joe Cocker. But no. No, the news guy. And then he did um, yeah. uh, the B. I'm angry B guy. He did that guy. And then um, he did the <laughs> samurai. Yep, the belligerent samurai guy. Yeah. Samurai guy. Yeah, he was a lot of different things. He was a uh, cafe. He was a deli owner and a disco goer. Samurai is, was very versatile. And now, another episode of Samurai Night Fever. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor choking on a chicken bone. Oh, yeah, that was kind of, that one's hard to, <laughs> hard to forget. And, of course, uh, reprising from his days with uh, National Lampoon stage show Lemmings, he reprised his Joe Cocker role at the request of Rob Reiner, who was the host of episode number three of Saturday Night Live. Uh, Rob Reiner saw Belushi performing the Joe Cocker role in Lemmings and asked him, to redo it when he came and was a host. And if you see those early episodes, that was like the first of like Belushi really standing out amongst the cast when he did his Joe Cocker thing. Before that, it was like, 
the episodes were like 80% music, 10% comedy. And in fact, I think the episode that Paul Simon hosted, I think there was only like one comedy sketch that featured, I think, just Chevy Chase. Yeah, then there's the ones that had that, that first season also was the ones that had the Muppets on there. <laughs> oh, God, they hated yeah, the Muppets, God, yeah. 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 And they're pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, so Bernie Brillstein, who represented Belushi, and I guess Lauren Michaels, he also represented the Muppets, and that's kind of how the Muppets sort of uh, started in Saturday Night Live that all the cast members hated. Mm-hmm. Oh, they weren't that. It's not that they weren't that funny. They were kind of cool looking. They were like some kind of weird tiki stone god, like I Fraggle Rock. Yeah, it was like Fra- kind of Fraggle thing. Rock. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it's like interesting to watch those early episodes because it's like the show didn't have its legs yet and they're still trying to find its voice. But like like I mentioned, when Belushi started doing Joe Cocker, that was kind of like the evolution of, you know, the Saturday Night Live that was to come. And then suddenly like music, you know, only became like musical guests and it got pretty much, you know, Almost all just comedy sketches. Yeah, that's like when they had uh, Joe or uh, Joe Cocker singing, and then Joe Blue, uh, John Belushi next to him doing Joe Cocker. So Scott, when 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 Belushi was hired to be on Saturday Night Live, was was Lauren Michaels happy about all this? Oh no! Do you think? Oh, oh my no. God! I want I want Belushi. No, 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 <laughs> Harmon. You see what was going on is that uh, Lauren actually thought he'd be trouble because Belushi said he didn't do TV. So uh, yeah, he, he he Lauren had to hire this television star who said he didn't he didn't like television. He disliked te- television. So uh, there was a little bit of friction there. Yeah, I mean Belushi was coming off of all these. You know, he came from Second City. He was a stage guy, so he came from Second City. Uh, Lemmings was a huge off Broadway hit, and then he went to you know National Lampoon Radio Hour. So uh, you know he wasn't a TV guy at the time. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was you know used to the what is it the roar of the crowd the smell of the grease paint you know just getting out there in front of an audience. Yeah, and it was kind of like you know just what would all follow through the four years of Belushi, kind of that conflict between you know star of the show and creator of the show. Mm-hmm. But but um, remember Scott when we did an episode. On a little show called the Chevy Chase Show. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> no, 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 we did an episode oh. on, on a talk show called the Chevy oh, Chase yes, Show. Oh yes, I remember. I remember a whole. All, I remember that all too well. Yeah, which was denoted as being one of the worst shows in television, which you <laughs> could hear on our back catalog of Comedy History One Hundred and One episodes. But who became the the downright hands down breakout star? A season one of Saturday Night Live. Uh, that would be the aforementioned Chevy Chase. Yeah, and it's so weird to see. Like, it, it, he was like such a breakout star that people would refer to it as the Chevy Chase show. Yeah. Which, ironically, there actually became <laughs> a Chevy Chase show, which is denoted as being one of the worst comedy shows of all time. Yeah. But <laughs> basically, whenever anyone wrote about Saturday Night Live, they they always mentioned Chevy and he was the one getting his face on like, you know, magazine covers and, and everything like that. They, you know, I think even like Jane Kerr, all the, the female cast members did a song called, I wish I were Chevy's girl. Mm-hmm. Someone in the paper wrote, um, 
called them Chevy's girls, and that would just like infuriate them. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> oh dear. But but who, who do who especially did it infuriate that Chevy Chase became the breakout star? Well, Harmon, that would be uh, the titular character from uh, this episode of our podcast, uh, Mr. John Belushi from Wheaton, Illinois. That's right, because again, we, as we talked about in like the history of Lemmings, was John was the breakout star of Lemmings, hands down. And Chevy was like kind of just like he was good in that, but he was sort of like a minor character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's, Lemmings was really Christopher Guest and Belushi, and but Belushi definitely stole the show. Yeah, and then also Chevy Chase, you know, he did some you know sketches on the National Lampoon Radio Hour. But again, that was sort of like really Belushi sort of at the forefront. So imagine, you know, this guy who's, you know, you've done a lot of projects with him. He's sort of been, you know, sort of a second banana to you. And then suddenly you do a TV show and he becomes hands down the star that everyone wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a little that would be a little annoying. Yeah, Belushi thought all he's being reduced to in the first season was doing the Killer B sketch, which he said he really hated. What is it? I'm sorry if you think we're ruining your show, Mr. Reiner. But, uh, see, you don't understand. We didn't ask to be bees. You see, you, you've got Norman Lear and a first-rate writing staff. But this is all they came up with for us. <laughs> do, do, you, do you think we like this? No. No, Mr. Reiner. But we don't have any choice. Yeah, so again, there's this great uh, opening, uh, cold opening, where Chevy Chase is in a wheelchair. And John Belushi pushes him out and then <laughs> dumps him into the audience. But that was like kind of uh, written about the, you know, true life uh, animosity that uh, Belushi had for Chevy Chase. Yeah, people didn't get along with that guy. And it's true today as well. But there were problems. There were problems despite, you know, I'm going to go a hands down and saying... You know, obviously, Belushi is one of the greatest, you know, outright sketch comedy performers. If not, would you say the greatest? Uh, he's good, man. I, th- I think he would be, uh, he's up there. He's a top ten. Ten? Uh, top five. Five? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess, you know, it's all about different styles. Top five. But, I, here, okay, here's why I would say, like, Belushi, yeah, definitely top five, because... Belushi became the Belushi style was so imitated by so many other performers, you know, stepping from uh, Animal House, which we'll get into later on in this episode that begot like Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds, where they always had the Belushi type in those movies Mm -hmm. to, you know, other Saturday Night Live sketch performers to follow like Chris Farley, Horatio Sands. You would always describe them as they're kind of like, the big Belushi type. Yeah. There was another oh. guy. Was it Artie Lang who was a guy on Mad TV? Yeah, sure. he was. Yeah, that was him. He was on Mad TV. But behind the genius of John Belushi, he was also trouble to other cast members. 
So Scott, like, okay, let's pretend I am a woman writer on Saturday Night Live. I've just written a sketch. I presented it to John Belushi. How would that go over you know, with John you want Belushi? Me to, you want me to role play now? You want me to be John Belushi? No, I'm I'm John Belushi. Oh, wait, so no, I, wait, be, I, I thought I, you get to take your sound bites out of context and have it spread around the internet. Oh, <laughs> well, what? You're John Belushi. Oh no, okay, you're John Belushi. No, no, yeah, that's that, no, that's fine. I'm fine with it. You you can be John Belushi. Hi, okay, um, John. I just wrote this sketch for you to go on Saturday Night Live uh, this weekend, May the twelfth, nineteen seventy-five, six. But no, yeah. So Belushi what? was well, very dude, kind that of was, a, okay. All right. So I'm rejecting. I'm rejecting the script. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, Belushi. Uh, I guess it, you know, product of the times, would didn't think women were funny. In fact, he would reject um, sketches written by uh, Ann Beats, who was the, who was the uh, I think she was the only female writer of Saturday Night Live at the time. Um, and also just kind of uh, was, uh, in the words of Jane Curtin, a complete jerk. Oh, mm, blue Could be a complete jerk, but also there's stories of him just being really warm-hearted. When the show started, I saw that um, John wasn't, something had, had gotten to John. And I don't know whether it was ego or ambition or a lot of it had to do with the drugs. And he was no longer this guy I could relate to. So working with him was hard because he didn't respect me. Um, or at least he appeared not to respect me, and he didn't seem to respect the other women on the show or the women writers. So it was uh, it was difficult working with John. Right. You've said in other interviews he said women can't be funny. Yeah, he believed that. Hmm. He believed that, and and uh, you can't change that firm belief right. in a person. So you just have to say, okay, well, move on. A little bit awkward when twenty twenty eyes. Okay. But as his wife Judith said. Um, SNL wasn't always a comfortable environment for Belushi either. Early on in his tenure, some of the other cast members targeted him for personal amusement. Um, as she said, they had a private school, put down kind of humor, and John was an easy mark. He was from the Midwest. He was overweight. He didn't graduate from college, and he was ethnic. He was Albanian. So he kind of became, you know, comedy fodder for, you know, some of the other cast members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Albanian too. He wasn't even like a, like a regular um, ethnicity for people, you know, like an easy one for them to pick on, like somebody Italian. It was, it was Albanian. Yeah. Yeah. And again, his parents were, as we mentioned in last episode, his parents were, were immigrants. Mm -hmm. Immigrants from the United States. Yeah. And his dad was the cheeseburger cheeseburger yeah. guy. And his grandmother who lived with them didn't speak English. Never learned to speak English, yeah. so that's kind of why he developed his a lot of his uh, physical humor. He was trying to make her laugh because she, she couldn't understand anything. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, his grandma was a big influence on uh, Belushi. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think you would enjoy this. So during their tenure at Saturday Night Live, they also were commissioned to do um, other projects. Uh, Scott, let's say it's, it's, it's the United States 200th birthday. What, what, what project did they end up doing? 
Well, Harmon, oddly enough, they they did an hour-long Beach Boys TV special. I guess that kind of makes sense. That they're, they're all American and everything. But um, that was written by uh, Alan Zwiebel from uh, SNL. Um, Belushi and Aykroyd appeared in it. And Michael, I think, had uh, Lauren had would produced it. Um, also, g- director Gary Weiss uh, came over from SNL, and they did this uh, Beach Boys TV special, which is like that you can find on the internet. There's a there's a bit where. Uh, Belushi and Ackroyd play California Highway Patrol officers. You know the chips, where they're uh, they mm-hmm. they uh, make Brian Wilson get out of bed and go surfing. Are you Brian Wilson? Yes, I am. Good afternoon, Mr. Wilson. We're from the Highway Patrol Surf Squad. Hello, uh, Brian. Uh, we have a citation here for you, sir, under Section Nine Three Six A of the California Catch a Wave Statute. Uh, Brian, you're in violation of Paragraph Twelve, failing to surf, neglecting to use a state beach for surfing purposes and otherwise avoiding surfboards, surfing, and surf. Surfing? I don't want to go surfing. Now, look, you guys, I'm not going. You get your hair wet, you get sand in your shoes. Okay, I'm not going. Come on, Brian. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's learning how. Come, Come on, on a safari with, with us. us. Come Let's on. Go. Let's go. Oh, wow, because it was the height of the Brian Wilson in bed era. Yeah, I guess. Where he was I guess that was really a joke. out of his mind on drugs. Yeah. He he, he looks all like, like COVID y. You know, he's just all like he's got a huge beard and yeah, they actually go in and get him out of bed. Oh that's funny. Yeah. Speaking of Brian Wilson and his drug use, uh Belushi and his drug use caused Lauren Michaels to fire and rehire him. On several occasions. Uh, okay. So Belushi even went so far as to actually snort real life cocaine in a in a live sketch on TV. Yeah, I, I looked around for that sketch. I couldn't find it, so I'd be uh, curious. Maybe one of our listeners knows which one it is, because uh, I'd love to find that. You know, it was kind of like that uh, that scene in the background. That was like that was me sniffing. I wasn't doing cocaine. Uh, it's like that scene in the background, and Ooh. they pointed out in that. Yeah, and Caddyshack in that National Lampoon movie where you could actually see people do a blow in the background. Yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. So if anyone knows what this Belushi line-snorting cocaine on live TV (laughs) sketches, uh, please send us a comment at our site, Comedy History 101. And according to Michael O'Donohue, who was also in the very first sketch up front that we played on Saturday Night Live, who was, you know, a writer not only of Saturday Night Live, but also on the National Lampoon uh, Radio Hour. Um, he said uh, he, Belushi, Belushi had a big fat line, and there's this tight shot of him doing it. Lauren was very permissive for the most part, but by that time, the network was staying away. <laughs> Everyone thought it was white powder, but what kind of white powder can you snort like that? Mm-hmm, indeed. And so, again, Belushi kind of was a rebel kind of like the rock and roll comedian. That's that's when they started like coining comedy as it's it's the new rock and roll oh, yeah. comedy. Ugh. And uh, let's see. So, you know, you, people like the Rolling Stones were appearing on Saturday Night Live. And you always see that, you know, the last shot of Saturday Night Live is, you know, the cast on stage with the musical acts. Did, you know, for, let's say, uh, the Rolling Stones are the musical gas. You see them waving. Dude, was that it? Bye. Bye, John Belushi. Bye, Rolling Stones. Oh, no. We're going home now. Oh, no. Oh, no, Harmon. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. So you wound up that um, uh, Belushi wound up hanging out with Ron Ron Wood 
uh, from the Stones. I mean, uh, uh, Lauren has this quote. He says uh, he'd been out with the uh, the Rolling Stones rocker Ronnie Wood, and he was a mess. He was coughing. He looked terrible. And the doctor says John can't go on. And I, meaning Lauren, was somewhere between rage and very little sympathy. So, so I said, "What happens if he does it?" And the doctor said, "Well, he could die." And so Michael said, "What are the odds of that?" And the doctor said, 50-50. And to put the, emphasize the point, Lauren uh, replied with, I can live with that. <laughs> yeah, kind of a different attitude about drugs back yeah. then. Because mm-hmm. later, you know, Chris Farley was having the same troubles with drugs. And Lauren ended up sending him to rehab. But kind of the approach then, which was pointed out by former senator slash Saturday Night Live writer Al Franken, was that Michaels, he adopted a less compassionate approach with Berlusi, getting him medical attention just to make sure he could function for the show. Oh my, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. I, had a, I actually had an encounter with Lauren once when I, John was a little out of control and, and he was going through my stuff. And I said, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, this is, the guy, the guy needs help. He's, he's, going through people's purses looking for pills or money or whatever i don't know what but it's not good and um, it was like falling on deaf ears so i thought okay all right i'll just leave you to do your thing i'll just do my thing but you know what happened with that that night when he was out and the doctor said he has like a 50 50 chance he actually didn't appear in the episode which was hosted by charlie's angel kate jackson oh he wasn't in that one that was sad okay yeah, so I found a clip where he phones in from the hospital, and they just have like a, a still a Belushi in a hospital bed. Oh, really? So, okay. So again, I found like all season one and two of Saturday Night Live uh-huh. online, and I think it's a lot like Monty Python, where we remember all the classic great sketches, but there's a lot of kind of bad sketches. Yeah, I mean, they're a little. It, it takes them a little while to get up to it's speed. Hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah, so again, with John's drug use and he would go party with the bands, um, according to writer Ann Beats, she said, I do remember that the phrase, where's John, was said as frequently in rehearsals as live from New York at Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She went to say, but that was really a rehearsal. He would be late. He would be erratic. But at 1130, he was on no matter what. But the irony is, um, do you remember that? Um, remember when they used to do like um, short films on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah, the Schiller's Reels and stuff. Yeah, so there's a classic Schiller's Reel called Don't Look Back in Anger where Belushi's in a cemetery. Um, did, you, did you take a look at this I've seen one? it. I remember, I remember watching it back in the day when I, when I was too young to understand what it was all about. Yeah, so Belushi, the premise of it is Belushi's an old man and he's in the cemetery of the not ready for primetime players and all of them have passed away and and he's going one by one like funny he said like Jane Curtin died of complications after cosmetic surgery and uh uh he said Bill Murray he lived the longest he was 38 years old he just grew his mustache <laughs> back which was an inside joke because uh in the early days of of uh Bill Murray being a cast member they always would Lauren would make him shave his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd always like grow it back and then he would be, you know, have to shave it off again. <laughs> the Saturday night show was the best experience of my life. 
And now they're all gone. And I miss every one of them. Why me? Why did I live so long? They're all dead. I'll tell you why. Because I'm a dancer. <laughs> But, you know, so with the success of Saturday Night Live, Belushi was offered his first film role. Did you know what that role was, Scott? Well, actually, I do, Harmon. That was in the uh, movie Going South, which starred Jack Nicholson um, from 1978. Also, yeah, also in there is uh, Christopher Lloyd, better known as, uh, what was his name? Doc, uh, Doc. Doc Brown. Yeah, it was just fun. So yeah, Jack Nicholson act. It was came out in 1978. Jack Nicholson directed the movie. I believe Belushi plays like a a, a Mexican sheriff or a sheriff. Yeah, he's he's movie. wearing a sombrero. But it was kind of good to see like Christopher Lloyd. That's just like you know three or four years right after Jack Nicholson and Christopher Lloyd uh, performed together in uh, One Flew Over oh, the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that is we got to do because there is so many so much comedy talent in the cast of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, it's crazy. And then also the other connection is that so as we talked about last week, like Belushi did his audition for Saturday Night Live, and we're pretty sure that Andy Kaufman like auditioned right after him, and then Andy Kaufman was on at the time for this movie, nineteen seventy eight. He was in um, Taxi with uh, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah, all connected. Yeah, all connected, but I think Going South tanked at the box office, but the big game changer was in 1978, the release of, and again, going back to his roots, National Lampoon's Animal House. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Belushi portrayed his classic screen character, Bluto Blutowski, and the plot was the classic, The Snobs Against the Slobs. See if you can guess what I am now. I'm a zit. Get it? I'm gonna write you bastard. Let's go right here. And as as we've talked about it, like on other episodes, uh, it was directed by John Landis and written by the National Lampoon. You know both alums and current Lampoon guys, Harold Ramis, Doug Kenny, who also wrote Caddyshack, and Chris Miller, who was, you know, started with National Lampoon Magazine. And that, so when he filmed that, um, there's a great interview with Tim Matheson, who kind of explained working with Belushi on Animal House. He would, he would film, he would work on Saturday Night Live from like Wednesday to Saturday and then fly to Oregon where they're filming Animal House from like Sunday to Tuesday. So he would just go back and forth like that. That's crazy. So a, a little bit of trivia I learned last night. So Tim Matheson, uh, was, you just mm-hmm. mentioned Otter and Animal House. He actually, uh, yeah. he was up for the role of Indiana Jones at one point. Oh, you could almost see that. Yeah. But that, okay. <laughs> but not, you wouldn't be excited about it. No, I'm just, I was just <laughs> making a connection there. Oh, no, no, I, yeah, yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah, never heard that bit of trivia before. Uh, Tim Matheson said uh, when Blue Shee and some of the other 
like New York actors showed up. There was like animosity between the New York actors on Animal House and the LA actors of Animal House. And they they actually, they put Belushi up in another part of the town than all the other uh, actors in the movie because they didn't want Belushi, like already kind of in the heavy drug eras, uh, didn't want him getting ca caught up in the off-camera shenanigans of the other cast members. Ah, uh, okay. So how did, how did Animal House do at the box office? Was that it? Obscure, straight to VHS tape? No, Harmon. That was like the number one movie, uh, number one comedy movie. It was the number one comedy movie for, of all time for a while, but it was definitely the number one movie in 1978. So it was a huge, huge box office success, and they didn't spend that much money on it. Yeah, it's pretty low budget. I mean, if you think about it. And... Also, like John Landis ended up like just cutting a lot of John Belushi's lines, which, and he still ended up stealing the whole movie. But Belushi, you know, he just such a great physical comedian, mm -hmm. which I think stems back to, you know, being a uh, football player in high school, you know, thus, you know, his physicality, um, you know, just stole it with like, you know, when he's like in the cafeteria line eating all the food, mm -hmm. which which uh, Tim Matheson said was like a complete uh, improv. So he kind of improv that whole thing. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. And But you could just see like him, just his thought process like within that. That's just like what made him such a great uh, performer. Mm -hmm. So again, Animal House rocked the box office of the summer of 1978. And then John goes back to Saturday Night Live. And uh, how, how did that go over with the other cast members? No, no, no. Belushi's... Belushi kind of became like the Chevy Chase, where he suddenly the new, he was Chevy on Chase, the cover yeah. of all the magazines. Yeah, and there's a, there's a bit of re resentment in the part of the cast and the crew, and they just kind of just got used to uh, Belushi not coming to rehearsals at all. Yeah, that's just like unheard of, like in 2020. And same with like, so I'm a big fan of the story of footballer George Best. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, played for Manchester United, mm -hmm. uh, Northern from, Irish from Belfast, uh, uh, yep. football player. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there's stories of him that uh, when he went to go play in America, he would just not turn up, not to like practice. He would just sometimes not turn up to games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's game day. And and again, it was like in those days, because like say Belushi genius and George Best was, you know, by far the best player on their team, but was an alcoholic. They would just put up with that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Back in the day. So on, on, on Belushi's final season of Saturday Night Live, um, him and Aykroyd were perfecting. They had something else in the works, Scott. Uh, did, did you know, like something involving a pair of brothers? A pair of brothers from another pair of brothers from Illinois, uh, one by the name of Joliet Jake and another gentleman by the name of Elwood. They were the, These were the Blues Brothers, Harmon, which they um, had been... They'd, been musical guests a few times on Saturday Night Live, the two of them coming out and singing various old 60s classics, but they were, uh, they had bigger things in mind for these two characters, and I know at one point when they were shopping around the project, uh, Aykroyd wrote out the script, and he had like a, they called it the Bible, because it was so big, he'd written out like a 300-page script, where nor normally a script mm -hmm. is like 110, 120 pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe use some of that for Blues Brothers 2. <laughs> BB2K. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, like we said, Animal House is number one at the box office. Uh, Saturday Night Live, number one TV show. So in September 1978, Jake and Elwood Blues opened for Steve Martin at the Universal Amplifier, Amplifier and sold out September 9th through 17th run. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, I think I think that was the same year. That was kind of like right around when King Tut came out too. It was a big hit for Steve Martin. <laughs> God, Steve Martin is yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, and and I think there's uh, I think also the Fonz Henry Winkler makes a guest appearance from that stage show. Uh, but I, I know the Fonz is on one stage show at the amphitheater. Oh wow! Yeah, so I'm thinking it's. Oh, that's but cool. he, he, I love Henry. Winkler. But he doesn't say anything. He just and it's really weird because at the time, all all you knew him as the Fonz, and he was like wearing like a yeah. like a blazer and a cardigan, and he just stands in the background. Oh. And he holds a pl- a prop, and that's all he does. But speaking of history, John Belushi's last episode was on May 26, 1979. Um, he, he would make a few cameo appearances here and there, but he basically left to make movies. And that was like the crux of Saturday Night Live was uh, suddenly, you know, all these big offers were being made, which, you know, down the road would lead to uh, your said It's Pat movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. The Pat <laughs> Do you remember movie. the It's Pat movie? It's, and theoretically, yeah, that, the, theoretically, that was written, or not theoretically, like the, the rumor mill has it that Quentin Tarantino like had something to do with that movie. Like he wrote it or he. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because Pat appears in, in um, Pulp Fiction. Well, the actor. No way. Yeah. Well, oh, you mean, is it, who, who's that? Is it Julia Sweeney? Yeah, Julia Sweeney. Yeah. She's in, she's in Pulp Fiction. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, she has a good uh, uh, solo stage show. Yeah, I've heard about that one. I think I I, I uh, heard a podcast on it or something. Yeah, so uh, Belushi's last uh, Buck Henry was the host of the last show that uh, Belushi hosted. Bette Miller was the musical guest, and so John leaving the show was a shock, but almost a bigger and because people saw it coming. But a bigger shock was his cohort in blues, Dan Aykroyd, left the show at the same time. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, um, yeah, Blues Brothers would come out ne- the next year, 1980. But that was just like the one-two punch because they were, you know, they were, at the time, like, Bill Murray was sort of like a minor player mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live. Uh, he still didn't get, like, his legs, even though everyone loved Bill Murray, like, in Second City. And he, you know, was there in the National Lampoon uh, radio hour, but according to I, writer Jim Downey uh, said in the Blushy documentary, we knew John was leaving, but the real shock was Danny. We didn't find out until the last minute that he was going, and people were a little angry with Blushy for luring him in. Yeah, and J- Jim Downey, uh, uncle of Robert Downey. Really? Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's his uncle. He's uh, so I think Jim Downey. I think I guess his brothers with. Robert Downey's dad, the filmmaker. Um, yep. Robert Downey. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously he's Robert, Robert Downey. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
uh, yeah, so they, it's a talented family there. Yeah, and which is ironic because uh, the connection is, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was a, a cast member on the worst season. Oh, of, that's uh, right. <laughs> I don't know if that was the worst season. That one was not great. I, I would say that uh, we'll have to do a whole episode on the worst. I think it was like that. that oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be a good episode. The, the one is when um, Eddie Murphy and, and Joe Piscopal were just kind of minor players. Yeah. And push to the side and kind of just like barely in sketches. There, well, there's one. I think it was there's a season before they. I think it's the very next season, like the SNL eighty, whatever that. Like some uh-huh. they brought like Lauren, like everybody left. Yeah, and I think they called it SNL eighty, and it was just all like, Gil- Gilbert Gottfried was on there, and uh, yeah, no, I think it was the same season. Uh, I think the the head guy who they wanted to make like the new Chevy yeah. was Charles Rocket. Yeah, Charles Rock. I think they're anyway. That's the <laughs> we'll get into. Well, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, back in the seventies, uh, Belushi and Aykroyd left, but one person who wasn't personally affected by Belushi leaving was Lauren Michaels, who seemed unfazed by the two major cast departures. Buck Henry said. These guys made the show what it is, but Lauren put them in place to make them world famous, rich, and successful. So I think he had like kind of like a Mitzi Shore attitude where, you know, in a way, Saturday Night Live was like the comedy college that made these people stars. And it was just, you know, eventual that they would go on and, you know, off to do movies, which became sort of like the kind of training ground model to follow. Yeah, so yeah, so that was so Saturday Night Live eighty was uh, some of the players on that were uh, Gilbert Gottfried, Denny Dillon, Gail Mateus, Matthews, uh, Joe Pisco, yeah, and Charles Rocket. Yeah. Which which is another episode <laughs> yeah. in itself. Yeah. Actually, so uh, yeah, I have some trivia. Charles Rocket, I think he went to Risley, Rhode Island School of Art and Design, and I think he was there with. Uh, Martin Mole, oh, wow. which I may have heard of, like on a on a WTF, but Charles Rocket was like for all the students of Risley was like the inspiration because he would do these uh, short films that inspired you know the other art students. Oh wow, okay, for- yeah. But we digress. Okay. We digress. We digress so, um, so the fifth season of Saturday Night Live, Belushi left the show, which created and Aykroyd was gone. So to compensate from. Belushi and Aykroyd uh, departing, Michaels promoted some of the show's writers, including Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. And I, I didn't even know, like, I Dan Aykroyd had a brother, but he promoted his brother, Peter Aykroyd, uh, to feature cast member status. I know, yeah. I looked around for some of those clips. I don't remember that at all, but I'm sure maybe somebody out there in, com- in Comedy History 101 land will find one for us. Yeah, and again, it's all about brothers because John Belushi's brother was Jim, who, who went on to Second City and through Belushi. You know, or, well, you know, it didn't hurt that Belushi was his no, brother, uh, so Jim yeah. got into Second City. But Brian Doyle Murray was more of the star of Second City that brought his younger brother and Bill into Second City. And then, you know, Peter Aykroyd, who was Dan Aykroyd's brother. So it's all kind of like, uh, you know brotherly now and then they have the blues brothers yeah there you go yeah so to top off uh this this episode uh is like you know belushi you know he, he suddenly became like this uh rebel this bob dylan mythical character you know larger than life and 
you know, which eventually led to his downfall because he was like, you know, Sam Kennison, where, you know, you would get all these leechy people with drugs, you know, and it was kind of, and same with like Hunter S. Thompson, it was kind of expected of them to party like a madman, yeah. you know, and then where they became like sort of cartoons of themselves. And then they personally feel like they'd be letting people down if they didn't like snort all the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got it. And the party never ends. Yeah. And as you see in, in the Showtime documentary, uh, the impact of Blushy's drug use, suddenly he's just like, just really bloated and just kind of emptied eyed. And when he left Saturday Night Live, three years later, he would pass away, which is, I guess that's the downer. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a <laughs> of, of this. Yeah, can you help us, funny man? I don't know, dude. And uh, this episode on a, on a, on a hired died by oh. himself in a hotel room, dude. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that in part three of our uh, trilogy of the history of John Belushi. We'll go into more of the the making of the Blues Brothers because there are some debauched stories oh, yeah. about the behind the scenes of making of the Blues Brothers, um, kind of like his. Movie failures such as like Continental Divide and Neighbors. Neighbors. uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's crazy stories about that. So, again, this concludes part two of our history of John Belushi. And with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug away? Thank you, Harmon. Yeah, well... Uh, I have a YouTube channel featuring Harmon sometimes in it, but uh, mostly just featuring a lot of presidents called This is a President, where we uh, go dig into presidential archives and find out all crazy, funny stories about presidents that you never knew or maybe sometimes that you did knew or maybe sometimes that you did know. Um, We found a little bit of Eartha Kitt yelling at LBJ, so that was pretty uh, pretty exciting to find. Uh, And we just put up... We just put up a phone call between uh, President Nixon and uh, and Senator Biden, who had just been elected in 1972. So we've got two presidents talking to each other. It's kind of a crazy phone call there. That's uh, YouTube.com slash This is the President. Also, we do a podcast where you can find everywhere you find your favorite podcasts, such as Stitcher, Last FM, and Spotify. Here, here, here. And before I do my plugaways, I like to just do some listener mail. Oh, okay. What do we got? Okay, so this comment, I think maybe they are using a falsified uh, email account. It says, new comment from Joseph Biden. Wow. Unless okay, the, I'm a little whoa. skeptical, whoa. unless it's a different <laughs> Joseph Biden. <laughs> and it's on our history of dead baby jokes, uh. which you can find in our back catalog of you know how those jokes came about. So a Joseph Biden, I'm not sure if it's the same one, says... Making light of the atrocity of Roe versus Wade legislation, question mark, and attempt to alleviate guilt with such a horrible event in the history of the country. Thank you, Joseph wow. Biden. Thanks, President Biden. Maybe. Yeah, and um, as always, you can comment here on Comedy History 101, either through our website, ComedyHistory101.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., etc. And we will read your comments on the air. Also, like and subscribe to our podcast. And we'll be back next week, as mentioned, with part three, the conclusion of the history of John Belushi. And until then, no, Har- bye-bye. Harmon. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. How how can people support our podcast? Oh, yeah. So, and also, 
If you are a fan of Comedy History 101, guess what? We're an independently produced podcast, so you can support our channel. Help us buy some new microphones and put out the episodes that you love without commercials. Yes, no commercials. So you can sponsor us on patreon.com slash ch101. And we will keep putting out all the episodes. And with that, thanks a lot for tuning in and bye bye. Bye bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.